Hey, welcome to the Thodcast, conversations about animation. I'm your host, Philip Elke, and I'm podcasting from northern Minnesota. Today, joined by a returning member of the Thodcast. This is her second time now on the show. Thanks for joining us. Bridget, uh, coming in from on location in Virginia, sounds like. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, man. Uh, excellent. Excellent. And excited about today's topic. It was, uh, it was pretty refreshing, I should say. Uh, just an item that, you know, was a bit of a surprise. I, I uh, wasn't really expecting this to be as enjoyable as it was. And now I've seen it twice, but I know you have a little bit of expertise on the subject as well. So, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about The Bad Guys, new film from DreamWorks this year, Bridget. Um, what uh, what do you think of the film? I thought it was it was really cute. So I have knowledge of the books just because my oldest reads all of them. We don't have the last like three, but we've read a lot of them. So they're like, you know, they're they're always the bad guys because, you know, they're the stereotypical animals that are bad, like sharks and wolves and snakes. But in reality, they're actually like kind of good guys. Okay. And so it's always like a fun, like, I feel like it's fun and refreshing because you're used to like superheroes and someone saving the day. And then you have like, they're kind of like anti-heroes, which yeah. I like. <laughs> it's a book series by Andrew Blavy targeted at kids. Um, are they like Dr. Seuss length sort of picture books or are they more like novellas? How does that work? So they're graphic novels. So they're like, yeah, kind of like a comic book kind of thing, oh, um, yeah. which is nice because I think we started, my daughter was about six. And so it was a nice like break into reading, but there's still enough pictures that it's interesting. And they're like, they're pretty easy reads. They're not super complicated. Um, but I mean, she still likes them to this day and it's been three years since we started reading them. So yeah, they're pretty easy to read. This uh, sounds like something I would have really loved, you know, at that age of, you know, getting those scholastic book orders in elementary school and things like that. I don't know. Is that still a thing? Uh, you, yeah. You okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's still still a big thing. We we have to do everyone because we're big. We're big book people. So <laughs> every time she's like, all right, here's my list. Here's all the things that I want. And I'm like, I'm not spending $50 at the Scholastic Book Fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know Scholastic is still big in the publishing. I know. I I recently heard an interview with R.L. Stein, of all people, on the Armchair Expert podcast, Stack Shepard's show. And uh, it was fascinating. Um, and, and of course, he was one of the most prolific children's authors of all time, highest selling except for, of course, J.K. Rowling. Rowling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I loved him. I have so many books that I have passed down. Nice. Uh, I'm like, you have to like these because I did. So. <laughs> I, I don't think I read an R.L. Stein novel. I, what? Nothing. Something. I, I was very, I don't know, OCD when it came to like the stuff that I read. I had a hard time going to the library and picking out something that I thought I would like. I don't know. I, I was just too loaded with biases and preconceptions as a kid to uh but once i did get into something i would get into it kind of hardcore and so i like i read through all of my school libraries like hardy boys books and i don't know oh, nancy others. drew was my thing i i feel like those are like so before our time but nancy drew i read all of them but i was so i was mm -hmm. one of those kids that's like every summer 
I'd go to the library and they'd have the thing that you had to read all the books. Uh, you'd read like a hundred books and then you get the pizza and the coupons. That was me. That was my thing. I remember. Yeah, I, the... I was an accelerated reader kid. That was me. <laughs> you could get, yeah, currency for reading yeah. books. I'm like, oh, a pizza and ice cream? I'll take it. I will read however many books you want. <laughs> yeah. So this, uh, I mean, imagine maybe some, you know, content for maybe older kids if it's like a graphic novel maybe some fun like irreverent you know getting stuff past the parents radar type humor i don't know if you noticed that with these um mm -hmm. rl stein has some things to say like how uh the scholastic censors are definitely a bit different now i mean i don't know if they're overall just way tighter on things or if there are certain things they're looser on now but just he commented on how the, the uh, publishers or the editors you know would come back to him with a lot of notes on stuff you just can't include in kids books anymore I don't know are we being too protective huh. or is it you know I mean I never like being a kid who read Goosebumps and like I watch I was I'm big into like scary stuff too though so like mm -hmm. I liked Goosebumps I read like I remember watching like Are You Afraid of the Dark that was all my scene growing mm -hmm. up so like, I don't remember like anything being inappropriate necessarily. Like I know mm. it's, he did, he also did Fear Street, didn't he? Yeah. Or is that someone else? I yeah. Think that Fear was Street is a, a bit older. more like, yeah. So like Goosebumps, I feel like is fine. Like if my daughter wanted to read Goosebumps and she's nine, I would be fine with that. Cause it's like, it's like freaky, like things that kids find freaky, like a puppet, a puppet who talks. Yeah. Probably just certain terms. I mean, maybe are... if there's like blood. Yeah, like maybe if it's like violent, like depicted violence and blood, maybe yeah. that's what they don't want them to do. But I want to say that there are like spooky stories that they allow in the Scholastic mm. Book Fair. My daughter just doesn't care for them. So I'm like, what? get this book. And she's like, no, I want the graphic novels or Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm not going to be overly uh, sensitive about <laughs> it's like who's doing the the pearl clutching the the censors or the people complaining about <laughs> the people being overly pc yeah I, I will say i will say it's it's the parents being in yeah. parenting groups and having a kid in elementary school it, it's probably 95 percent the parents because some people don't care if it's like oh there i don't something happened there's blood I don't care about that. But I know people who are like, my darling child will never know yeah. about blood. So it sure. just depends, I guess. But I, I would say it's probably more the parents and then trying to appease the parents because that's the person spending the money. Yeah, yeah. it's an interesting, spicy topic in today's current age. And <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to spend too <laughs> much time. I just kind of wanted to yeah, get it out of the way here. Um, but I, I really like this movie. Like there wasn't, um, it, you know, it. it it didn't have it didn't feel preachy really i don't know I, yeah there was nothing they were trying to push necessarily no not yeah not at which all. is nice <laughs> the tarantula mentioned something about oh she the, the governor has is great on climate change climate change yeah like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> no and i that's like something i like like i liked i feel like the story was just like hey like you can be bad sometimes, but you can also like make for make up for it and be good and like good do good things for other people and like your friends. And I was like, oh, that's a good like it's a good stance to have for kids to watch. Yeah, <laughs> be nice. Yeah, the anti-hero phenomenon. That's uh, definitely more at the core of this uh, thematic sort of web to uh, borrow from 
a character, you know, the trench of the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's certainly in vogue nowadays with, well, in, in our current uh, cinema landscape, you know, minions are all the rage. Yeah. And, and they're like, they love bad guys. <laughs> but, but like, what are they? I mean, I, I really thought it was cleverly handled here. Like I've seen, I mean, this is basically an Ocean's Eleven style heist movie, you know, heist Mm -hmm. slash spy, you know, Mission Impossible. You get those vibes, James Bond, you got the surf guitar, the jazz piano, you know, the the big brass, Mm -hmm. all those tropes. But I also love like the governor, like also being a bad guy turned good, but still does bad when she needs to. It's like she's doing bad, but good. And I'm like, yes, I love that. And I think that it's nice that they're like, they have characters that are not like black and white. You can be both. It's not yeah. just like, oh, you have to be good all the time. Because like, honestly, from a kid pr- perspective, it's like impossible. It's like, oh yeah, we want you to like not talk back and not do bad things. But you know, we're humans. We do those things. Hungry like the wolf. Yeah. And <laughs> we, yeah, well, like, uh, you know, it's it's uh, fun to try to understand morality and and not just be didactic about it. Um, and, and this kind of presents a more realistic approach to that. And it's why, you know, things like, um, the Sopranos, Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, like a lot of these, um, place, uh, stories that take place within the gray areas of society are so popular. I I think people really enjoy an outlet for that because it, it reflects some, some of their innermost tendencies as well that, um, you know, that are just socially unacceptable to uh, express and and live out. But, uh, you know, we need certain ways of sort of having catharsis and and purge these sorts of, I I don't know, some days I feel more and more like maybe the purge wasn't such a bad idea. after. (laughs) Maybe this is what we needed. (laughs) I don't know. So the thing about the purge is like, in the the first couple of movies, I was like, okay. And now they keep doing more movies. And I'm like, okay, that's enough. It's enough have, purge. Yeah, I haven't seen one. <laughs> well, you haven't seen. Oh, okay. So have you Ethan not seen Hawk, any of them? I've not seen any. Isn't Ethan Hawke in one? I, he's in the very it? first. He's the dad in the very first one. Might have to check and that. And there's out. like, yeah, yeah, you need. To, I would at least watch like the first one or two. I there was a show. I, I haven't watched the show. I haven't watched any of the ones that came out recently. Because I'm like, okay, like I get it, like purge. And then they like, I apparently, and I don't, I'm not 100%. So if anyone knows more than me, please let me know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But apparently, like as it goes on further, it's like they try to get rid of the purge. Then there's people that still want to purge. So they're like trying to overthrow the government and still purge. Well, it's interesting. It's it's interesting line, but I'm like, it's kind of like all the, any movie that has like a hundred movies. I'm like, okay. I get it. Michael Voorhees is still alive. I get it. (laughs) Michael Voorhees. I love it. Yeah. Trying to pat out the, um, but yeah. And I I love the black phone with Ethan Hawke recently in a new movie. And and I did see it. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Is it like spooky, scary, or is it like suspense? It's it's more suspenseful, but, but very creepy too. You know, it's, uh, and then he was in moon Knight, which I really enjoyed. I did. Do you know that his daughter talked him into auditioning for that? no way uh yeah apparently she pushed him yeah maya hawk he she pushed him into auditioning for it so i was like oh that's an interesting tidbit she was like yeah you should do it dad it's it's marvel you should do it (laughs) yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah speaking of hollywood leading men um trying to see if 
Ethan Hawke was ever like the front man in one of these animated ensembles. Uh, because it seems like every you know Hollywood uh, you know star gets their moment in the sun helming you know one of these voiceover roles. Yeah, I don't know that he has been. He, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see any. Which I was really surprised at the voices that they used in the bad guys, like the celebrities that they used, because I kept thinking that they had like. Um, John Favreau, but it was not John Favreau. It was someone else. Um, but the, Sam Rockwell was the wolf. Yeah. Um, Zazie, Zazie Beats was the fox, the governor. And I like I kept thinking it was like Maya Rudolph or somebody. And then I would look it up and I'm like, oh, that's who that is? Like their voices, like, I don't know if they're just changing their, their normal voices, <laughs> but I was surprised. I was like, there's a lot of people. The only person I knew for sure was in it was Aquafina. Oh, and that's because she has the same voice all the time. <laughs> Sisu from Raya. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Yeah, Anthony. Uh, I think he Americans typically just pronounce it Ramos instead of like mm -hmm. the more Hispanic. Yes, from Hamilton. Mm -hmm. Well, and he's saying, and that made so much sense. I was like, of course, if you have Anthony Ramos, you have to sing like this. You are required. Sorry. <laughs> I forgot about that from the first time I saw it. It's a catchy tune that they break out into. Yeah, I, I liked I so I love a good musical. Do not get me wrong. I obviously I do princess work, so I love being a princess. I love singing. But every movie does not need to be a musical. <laughs> like I love it. And I know that they do it for longevity a lot of the times. Cause like my my kids, they like in Kanto, I could tell I could sing every word, every song. And I love that. And I love that I love that movie. But I'm like, even like the ones that are not set as musicals, sometimes they have like a couple like just music numbers they throw in there. So I just like that there was one, just one, one catchy song, not a whole, not sing where I have to listen to all these songs <laughs> over and over again. Um, so I like that they like, oh yeah, we have Anthony Ramos, we're gonna have a song, and then that's it. No more music. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was it was very effectively handled. It's like, yeah, this movie kind of just has it all. There's a, a musical number that's worked in nicely. Very charming, infectious characters. Yeah, I, I was trying to figure out who the voice of Wolf was when I was at the theater seeing this for the first time and it was nagging at me. It's like, that's not Jason Bateman. He doesn't exactly sound like yes, Nick Wilde. It was like a mix of Jason Bateman and Owen Wilson. Yeah, yeah. I was Owen. like, who is it? Yeah, it was like, it, I was like, oh, Sam Rockwell, which I've seen him in a ton of things. Mm -hmm. But to me, it was just like, I was like, I don't, I cannot place this man, <laughs> this person's voice. Yeah, he was due for one of these leading animated character roles. I I was happy with the choice. And then Z Zazie, um, mm -hmm. you know, she hasn't, you know, she's still kind of, becoming Just a, new. yeah um but a fantastic job i mean i never would have guessed that was her oh even that okay so marmalade professor marmalade yeah. so i love him i so i did actually i knew his voice immediately too I, it's richard i don't want to say his last yeah. name Aode? i um richard iowade i believe is that how you say i don't know how to say i, I believe <laughs> i've heard it said yeah richard iowade okay yeah because he's from the it crowd which i've watched and it's so funny. And so I love him. He was actually rumored to be like the next Doctor Who, but then they picked the guy from, uh, I think it was Sex Education. Okay. Is who they picked? Yes. Huh. So he, I would thought he was going to be it. And I was like, I would love for him to be Doctor Who because I'm a, a big nerd. 
But I, so him and Aquafina, of course, stuck out to me. But like Zazie Beats, I was like, oh, like I, I liked mm-hmm. that they like they had people who were recognizable enough because they also had um, mm-hmm. is it Chris Robinson? Uh, yeah, Robinson. Craig. Mm-hmm. Craig Robinson from like The Office and all those things. I I, I noticed his voice too because they all have specific voices. <laughs> oh, you know, Mark Maron added a nice level of sort of grit and sort of realism, I feel. Mm-hmm. The the Tarantino-ness, you know, he's kind of filling that, um, oh, who's the Mr. White, um, uh, Walter? Yeah, uh, Walter. Uh, yeah, but, or in the uh, Reservoir Dogs, I'm, I'm uh, <sighs> blanking on his name, um, Harvey Keitel. He's sort of that I type of role. I couldn't think of it either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I liked I liked Snake because he was like I don't want to be good I want to be bad and then he ends up being good and I was like oh, good for you Snake <laughs> like I mean Wolf and it's so funny because Wolf was like yeah man I set you up I set you up to be good I knew you had it in you <laughs> push pops yeah well that like they also had like a little bit of like a like a love story but not like so much of a love story like it made sense mm-hmm. that they would be kind of like the governor the fox and the wolf would be kind of like into each other but it wasn't like hey we have forced these two people to get along and love each other now it wasn't like they didn't make it a main like point of the movie which i thought was refreshing because i feel like sometimes with those kid movies it's like you need a love interest or it's not a movie yeah. uh, so, well sometimes i think back on a movie i'm like did those characters kiss and uh i, I don't think they did the uh, uh, wolf kisses her hand at one point but there's yeah, they know, only dance yeah. yeah, there's a lot of, of course, this genre of movie is inherently sexy. You know, you've got the subversive plot um, and the, you know, the charming, you know, the, this um, scoundrel at, at the lead of the, you know, you know, the Frank Sinatra tie, George Clooney, mm-hmm. you know, but. Um, oh, yeah, the wolf is definitely <laughs> George Clooney. Absolutely. <laughs> they, they decided against casting Clooney because he already did fantastic Mr. Fox, you know, with Wes Anderson. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the, the chemistry is palpable and, and I would hope to see like a sequel or I'm sure that I think there's already like a animated spinoff on the way if I'm not, is there? or a, a short film spinoff. Um, <laughs> what I, I was going to look at this here future in April. Let's see the, the director, uh, Pierre Perifel said he'd mm-hmm. love to do a sequel so i will see I, I feel like this movie it was certainly good enough to warrant one um as far as financial success i, I imagine you know movies nowadays don't necessarily blow up as much as they did unless they're something like the minions or top gun uh, just those um sort of outlier uh, scenarios and then now this is uh, streaming on peacock uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I would say I would hope it's deserving. Might have to check the precise numbers on how this performs. Yeah, well, and I think that it's. I mean, based on reviews, I was I just looked at the reviews just out of curiosity, and it's done pretty well. Like it has like an eighty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, a four point seven on Vudu out of five, a six point eight yeah. out of ten on IMDb. So I was like, I mean, I thought it was a really good movie. It was just yeah. a really good like kid movie. It's like. There's action, mm-hmm. there's like suspense, there's a twist. And then there's even there's a couple of twists, honestly. And it's like it's like everything kids like. There's like I think there's like one there's a couple of like jokes. There was one joke that the that Shark does. 
when he's in the dress, I <laughs> cackle. And I was like, it was like, it's not very often that you like laugh out loud at a kid's movie. And so, yeah, there was a couple of parts that I like, I was like, oh, this is like really, this is really funny. And like my kids thought it was funny. And I'm like, I think it's really good. Like when you can make a movie that's funny to both to both groups. It's not like one that's like, oh, here's these sneaky things we sneak in for adults that find it funny. It's like everything was funny. It's not just like fart jokes and <laughs> things that they know they're going to get with kids. There was definitely fart jokes. I I don't know. Should I, yeah. should I spoil the the joke with the shark? You know, that I mean, it basically involves an, an odd choice of bodily fluid to include yeah. in a uh, <laughs> a PG kids film it's not like you know yeah i i i don't want to spoil it but it's not offensive or anything it's just no it's just bizarre it was was something i didn't expect and that's why i was just like what (laughs) like it it caught me off guard enough that i thought it was funny because i do think like and i mean while i do like the minions and like a lot of their stuff is like oh haha they farted Uh, ah ha it's a fart gun Ha 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 farts. And I'm like, ha ha, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. After a while though, I'm like, okay, it's not that that it's not as funny as you guys think it is. <laughs> I, I've seen the first Despicable Me. Uh I, it's amazing how big of a phenomenon those films are. But oh, this I, one this yeah, one did two forty five. Yeah. Really? Uh two forty five worldwide. Um on a $70 million budget. And that was one thing I wanted to mention. This movie didn't cost as much as some of the other DreamWorks, you know, previous DreamWorks films that have more of like a photorealistic uh, design. These, This is more of like a cell shaded you know, not everything is perfectly smooth. It's not all animated on ones, you know. Um, so they were able to save costs by just stylizing the animation a bit more than usual. Yeah, and I like that because I feel like right now there is this like huge push to make everything live action. And there's just some things I don't need live action. I don't want a live action Aristocats. <laughs> I like the original Aristocats. I am like terrified that it's going to be horrible. It's going to be like a mix of Lion King and cats. And I'm terrified. <laughs> I or, don't or like, see it. <laughs> you know, the, the textures and the. It's going to be know, weird. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, every, I mean, and you can do a fairly cheap live action rendition. You know, yeah. it's it's not as like, you know, every time you want to set up to do a, it's hard to do a mid-level animated movie. This is the closest you'll come to that. Yeah. But like the, do you, do you like how in a lot of, you know, modern DreamWorks, Pixar, Disney animation, like Encanto or, you know, Frozen, especially Frozen 2, you really saw like the gleam of like the photo reel shading, you know, just all the even like pores on the, yeah. the faces. You can see and everything. Do you I mean, like I, that? or? Yeah. I feel like I do and I don't. Because of course, like I'm biased and I love Frozen and I love Frozen 2. Mm-hmm. And like even like stuff like Brave. Like when they did Brave and they were just like so fixated on her hair being realistic. <laughs> like I, I was like, oh, that's really neat. But I feel like they pushed so hard to make everything like so like hyper realistic, mm-hmm. but still animated. That I'm like, I can appreciate just a regular animated movie. Like, I was like, oh, like, this movie was really good. I'm like, please don't try to make it live action or, like, hyper-realistic. Because I, I was like, I just like it. It's kind of like Princess and the Frog. I loved the animation style of Princess and the Frog. And I feel like it didn't get enough, like, recognition because they did it, like, kind of classic. But I was like, I don't know. I feel like maybe maybe it's because I'm old. I don't know. <laughs> maybe <laughs> but, I, I just appreciate yeah. it because I'm like, I remember like back in the day when 
Like, I remember the first Toy Story. And that mm-hmm. was not good. Like, the, you look back now, and back then the animation was amazing. And you look back now, and you're like, oh, man, that's uh, bad. <laughs> I I mean, it it looks great for the time, but yeah. it, you can notice the seams a bit more nowadays. But, I mean, yeah. Princess Going and back the Frog. Going back and watching that first one. <laughs> they, they had to reestablish the whole... 2D animation pipeline that had yeah. been defunct at Disney for the longest time with Princess and the Frog. And then they went ahead with uh, Winnie the Pooh film a couple years later. And since then, I don't think there's, they pretty much disbanded that, that whole group. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think I can, I don't think that they've had any that's kind of like more 2D, not hyper-realistic. I can name one that is done in that, the, um, you know, individual hand-drawn cell method um, mm-hmm. I'm sure it was all done on tab, you know, computer tablets and everything, but, um, Klaus, did you see Klaus on I Netflix? Did, and I really, really liked Klaus. That was a very cute movie. Yeah. It it's shaded to look like a CGI animated film, like all the textures. It's very, you know, um, I, I suppose three dimensional, you could say, mm-hmm. but like it was all these textures are being wrapped around just these 2D drawings that they did frame by frame. Um, and I didn't even necessarily realize that when I first saw it, but that is technically done in the same way as, you know, Princess of the Frog, Emperor's New Groove, Lilo and, you know, the classic Disney yeah. style. Oh, they're doing live action Lilo and Stitch. I forgot. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so like, I, I just like I I just really appreciated like just a regular animated movie like like I don't need to see the wolf's mm-hmm. like every strand hair of his like fur moving because like, I I've yeah. watched um, I watched an interview um, it was like John Favreau talking about the Lion King oh yeah and what and I didn't I love the original Lion King because that's what I grew up with and so they did the live action and I was just like eh didn't really hit it for me because you know it was it was live action and lions don't have emotions (laughs) and so he was like oh yeah we that you can see their fur moving and this and the lighting and I'm like I just want to see the lions have emotions I don't need a hyper realistic lion singing like a real cat I don't I don't need it and so like I just really appreciated that it was just like a regular animated movie I'm like yeah I like this this is great it was an interesting tech demo. It had good music, of course, because the score is brilliant for mm-hmm. Lion King and new music from Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Who was the, um, it was Ch- Childish Gambino. <laughs> symbol. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glover. Um, Donald Glover. Yeah. Donald Glover. Um, but like those movies that he did, I, and I love Jean Favre. I think he, Jean, he's French parent. Jean Favreau. <laughs> Jean. Jean. Uh, but like, yeah, he, He's, you know, done tremendous with like the Mandalorian, but like I could barely sit through that Jungle Book movie when I saw it in theaters. I, I didn't watch it. Mm. I, I didn't want to see it. I was like, no, no. And that's like that's kind of how I felt with The Lion King. But of course I went and I saw it because my, my kids wanted to see it. And I was like, okay, I will go see it. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, I like, I was obsessed with The Lion King as a kid. I had a Nala and a Simba that connected. Their noses were magnetic. They were kissing. It was cute. That's right. I th- I think I had. Yeah, I had yeah. those. I, I loved them. And so I watched it and I was just like, I mean, I okay. really liked, I really liked Simone and Pumbaa's part. Like, mm-hmm. or Timon, is it Timon mm-hmm. and Pumbaa? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Pumbaa. And I was like, I really liked their part. And that was kind of it. Like, I didn't, I wasn't impressed. 
Some like it looked some, good. Yeah, fun <laughs> jokes. Um, yeah, like it looked good. It was funny, but I was like, yeah. eh. I would write. I would watch the original cartoon before I'd probably watch that movie again. <laughs> yeah, that they're largely forgettable. I know Aladdin had some great like jokes. The the live action version got a lot of laughs from the audience, and and yeah, it did I, well commercially. Um, but yeah, overall, just it it's sort of a cynical move to be doing all these remakes. I I understand though. I you know if they're going to be an easy sell, then I guess it, they basically they as they say in business they sell themselves. So yeah, well, and I think that they bank a lot on like the nostalgia because of yeah. course you like have all the people who like grew up with it and they're like oh yeah like Beauty and the Beast. I of course went and saw the live action because that's my favorite princess. <laughs> Bell is my favorite. Yeah. Well, and I was like, I'm gonna see it. And I mean it was it wasn't I I did like it. I will say I did like it. Okay. I didn't need all the extra songs. All the weird songs they added, didn't need it. It was fine. It was okay. But I was like, eh, I'd watch the original. <laughs> like they, they they got my money. <laughs> yeah. Well, this podcast wouldn't exist if not for that nostalgia. So. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and and so many other podcasts, I should say. Yeah, I know. Um Disney knows what they're doing, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, this movie does strike, I think, like the perfect balance between, um, you know, the the super realistic CGI and the actual 2D cell animation of something like Klaus. Um, and, and the reason why that Klaus has such a different style is because nowadays with, you know, digital editing techniques, it uh, the images don't have to be quite as like flat basically as mm -hmm. they were in uh, you know the previous era you know the you know they started doing all of that the shading and painting on computers in the early 90s rescuers down under was the first to utilize the pixar caps uh production system um but like though it was still the basic one color per you know, in outline sort of thing with, you know, some added shading effects and things like that. But but nowadays you can really go wild uh, and, and it's not as difficult. Um, mm -hmm. So so that was kind of neat to see that update done with the film like Klaus. But I'm, I'm sure it was still very arduous to get that made. Uh, it was like, a, I think, a variety of s maybe small studios dotted throughout Europe that worked on it or else. Yeah, I know it was made in Europe. It wasn't yeah. an American production. I didn't even know. I mean, I'm trying to think back. I, did I know that it was like that? I don't know. I don't think I knew that. And that's why I, I find that really interesting that they did it like that. Yeah, I, I loved that movie. It was very cute. There was a, it was featured on Corridor Digital's YouTube channel where they review visual effects and stunts and animation. Uh, they did an episode where they covered Klaus, which is really interesting. Um, but I, I'd love to oh, see no, they did more. a good job. Yeah. They did a good job if they were like, if most of this was like drawing, because it didn't look like it. They did a great job because I, I was very much a fan. Yeah. Um, the the bad guys is traditional 3D, you know, mm -hmm. wireframe <laughs> animation, but cell shade. And it actually is very reminiscent of like a, a sort of obscure but not it was popular in its day a uh, playstation 2 series did you ever play playstation growing up I, yes i i still have a playstation so slot the sly I still have one it works yeah the sly cooper series nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
yeah like i and honestly like they probably could have made a they could make a video game out of the bad guys and i'd i'd be like yeah we're gonna play that <laughs> you want to put it on the switch let's play it <laughs> be awesome yeah so similar vibe there i i love those games growing up well i actually played them a little later but like those that era of consoles had some great uh like 3d platformer mascot characters and games that were just very you know seminal to my love of video games as a kid um and so naturally like anything that sort of evokes that feeling is something that appeals to me as well um and of course uh let's maybe get into the like well, I, the, the furriness, shall we say. No, it's a, yeah, these are a very appealing, you know, animal, anthropomorphic characters. And, you know, oddly, they, it's sort, this is sort of like, um, I, I would compare it to the recent like, Chippendale movie. They're living alongside actual humans in this world. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because I got like Zootopia vibes. Because mm-hmm. it's like, because, you know, in Zootopia, it's like, Oh yeah, the carnivores are bad. The I guess omnivores and herbivores are good. Everyone mm-hmm. just assumes they're gonna be bad and eat everyone. And then this one, it's like, oh, they're the typical like bad animals that eat people and things. But they lived among humans. So I was like, so just some people are walking around as animals, and then some people are people, but then there's also animals. Like the cat that yeah. they had was a cat. It was not a talking cat. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. It's like Mickey Mouse having Pluto as a dog. Yeah. But Goofy as a friend. I'm like, I don't <laughs> understand the dynamic here. And if they, I don't think that they ever like touched on that in the book either. Like, why do they talk? And no, none of the other ones do. Very, very interesting. Kind of like Bojack Horseman too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, except I, I think the difference with Bojack Horseman is there are no non-sentient animals that mm-hmm. I can recall. Um, so that's sort of a different twist on that dynamic. Uh, and then you have, um, the, the, well, yeah, the guinea pigs, yeah, the, that play mm-hmm. role, like so, and the cat, you know, the pet cat. So yeah, the non-sensory. I guess my my theory would be the, the it, well, it's just the core group of animal anthropomorphic characters are the only ones that you see. And it's almost like they're these sort of elemental archetypal um, entities within this world. That are larger than life. They're almost like super super villains or superheroes. Yeah. To invoke like uh, Despicable Me or Minions in a way. Um, so I don't know if that was meant to be sort of a well. And the, you've you've read the book, so I don't know if they're like these kind of super powered individuals almost. And the reason why they're out, you know, they're at a diner out in the open, just because like it's very hard to take them down because they're just strong and I don't know. Yeah. And that's, so I, I'm looking at it because I don't recall, I, I, I haven't like read, read all of the books. I've read some of them, but I don't, I don't believe that they've ever like covered why some walk around on two legs and wear clothes and are like, like, like the governor is yeah. a fox and yeah. she works with uh, humans, like the police, the police chief, like she's, she's a human. And I'm like, why, why? And so I'm, I'm looking it up because I'm curious. So I don't like, are they going to ever like, are they aliens? Yeah. Like, what are they? Well, there's, there's tons of cartoon antics in this film. So it, it doesn't have to be explained. Uh, it's all handled effectively. And sometimes, you know, the lack of logic can be grating, but I think here, 
yeah, the the humor sort of outweighs any of that. So I, I so I'm not gonna. This is I'm not gonna tell the spoiler that that's gonna be a mystery. Apparently, okay. Professor Marmalade's not all that he seems. However, mm-hmm. um, they do think that this movie will get a sequel because of how well it did in the box office. Mm-hmm. So they do think that it'll get a sequel. Um, and they think that maybe they'll iron out the plot holes, maybe give them some backstory. Because I, apparently that's like a big plot hole. They're like, why? Why do they talk and no one else? <laughs> why Why does the guinea pig have guinea pigs? And why does the wolf have a cat? Like, And apparently the cat is in the books. Um, apparently she's like a, a friend. Okay. <laughs> and I Later. wonder if, yeah, this plays by... So there's the Lady and the Tramp rule where, you know, Lady and Tramp have puppies and it's the one of them looks identical to Tramp and the other looks, you know, are the yeah. other three are Cocker Spaniels like Lady. Uh, and it's, it's gonna, that's not really necessarily how that works unless you're really lucky <laughs> genetically. <Yeah. laughs> um, you're like, or, I have the strongest genes. <laughs> or like in Chippendale Rescue Rangers or like, shrek with uh, donkey and dragon you have these yeah. mutant hybrid chimeras um yeah. <laughs> so, so is that how like in zootopia as well like i i suppose maybe just it's you know you don't necessarily have to end up with the biologically compatible you know uh mate if you don't want to you just i don't know if you'll end up with you know, being able to Do they have reproduce. mix match mates in Zootopia? I don't, <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I don't think so. But there's also like they're all like talking animals in Zootopia. There's no like some talk, some don't. Yeah. <laughs> Unless well, the ones that went feral didn't talk. Yeah. Which I guess makes sense. But then that there's a world where they're like there's a world where they can go feral. Interesting. But, Is that well, just them going crazy, I guess? <laughs> Yeah, I guess that serum that does the, you know, feral uh, effect, I don't know, it, it does it only work on um, predators? I think it. Well, yeah, I think yeah. that's what it was. It only yeah. worked on predators because the, they made the otter like feral mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, well, technically they're, they're carnivores. So <laughs> Interesting. I, this is just getting way too in the they're weeds. So, yeah, we're getting we're getting very deep here. <laughs> but <laughs> it, I, I find it just kind of fun and amusing to to i don't know speculate about these things um because yeah. like you know sure. we want wolf and and diane foxington to to get together and what would they be able to have little uh fox wolf uh pups <laughs> who knows well, yeah because they're not the same species yeah because I, I, i'm pretty sure foxes are more closely related to cats than they are dogs i yeah i i think of them as dogs uh, i feel like I've researched that they're uh, yeah. canine in the canine family, but they, they are very cat-like as well. But uh, I, was gonna say, I want to say, oh, no, no, no. Okay, they are. They are part of the canine family, so they, they could work. Okay. For some reason, maybe it's a raccoon. <laughs> maybe it's a raccoon oh, that's closely yeah. related to a cat. I was going to say, I know that there's one that people are like, oh, they kind of look like dogs. And they're like, no, they're like cats. And I was like, oh, okay. Bring, uh, <laughs> bring the cast of Sly Cooper into this world and you yeah, have a crossover. Like, <laughs> we we have a crossover. All these things <laughs> mixing. Uh, so I guess in conclusion, um, yeah, the this is a story about a redemption arc, shall we say? Uh, and you know, the popularity of quote unquote villains as the protagonists, you know, that we're seeing. Uh, this one handles it. I I saw the first Despicable Me and 
thought it was dull. Um, and, and there is no, <laughs> there are no real rules that the world is incomprehensible, at least from what I could tell. Of course, why do these minion things exist? Uh, there's no real explanation there either. So like, and, and yeah, they're of course, like aliens that evolved kind of not. Well, I guess they didn't evolve. They just yeah. never die <laughs> based on the first minion movie. I haven't actually seen the new one. But I feel like the only reason they made minion movies was because they became like so popular with the kids. And but I'm like, they, they know what works for kids. Like they're like huh, fart, fart jokes and they talk about bananas and they're silly. And so kids love that. Talking about how this would have been, uh, you know, a staple of my childhood had I been alive you know, when the bad guys was or had I been you know a kid when this yeah. franchise got popular, like my my parents were very like turned off by things that were overly infantilizing and characters that were like incessantly you know using baby talk and things like that they would have you know they wouldn't have encouraged something like you know the, the minions as you know yeah yeah <laughs> they will be they're just like I will say as a parent, the minions are very annoying. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I feel like most adults would agree, but they like, they're like, they're silly and they're funny. And like, I get why kids like them, but I'm like, like I watch the minion movies and I'm like, oh, they talk more in the minion movies because the minion movies wouldn't make sense if they didn't talk at all. <laughs> I, I suppose, yeah, the rule against baby talk, you know, would naturally have, you know, the exceptions that do prove the rules. So maybe it's done so effectively i know it's like the director who came up with this language for the minions so it has some thought to it i know but yeah uh, yeah it's kind of i don't know i it does it's i don't know the, the illumination films are very hit and miss for me uh yeah. i just feel like they're a bit more um <laughs> popcorn commercial i don't know they, they're selling well and i feel like they're like we we need to sell some toys let's get some toys out there and i mean and i mean it works my my kids love minions and i'm like yeah. okay <laughs> and I, I have friends with minion t-shirts and things yeah i'm not doing that but that's why and that's why i like the bad guys i'm like and i mean they try to do i think they, they tried to do that with Gru. they're like oh he's a bad guy but look these kids made him kind of good in like a gray area and then in the second movie he becomes like a spy and now he's a good guy he doesn't want to be bad anymore and so I'm like, I guess I kind of like they kind of did something similar because I like the bad guys. I like that they were gray. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you can be good. And sometimes you're bad. But like, as long as you're not like being super bad, it's fine. <laughs> you can turn around and do something good. <laughs> and like, and I think it was like a good tale and like friendship. It's like, oh, you guys got into a fight, but you guys made up and you guys are still friends and you still have each other's back. And so I was like, oh, yeah, that's like, that's a good like I like good movie themes for kids i'm like that's a good theme to have yeah they're they're charming and of course they're hated by the rest of the world anyways because they're different <laughs> they're they're predators you know the shark mm -hmm. piranha pr uh, piranha tarantula you know um well that's kind of what they say like when they like like a spoiler uh when they're like oh they actually are bad mm -hmm. and they're like all stereotypes have been proven they are bad like we thought and I was like, no, they're not bad. And they're like, no, they're bad. And then, of course, oh, the oh. fox was like, something's not right here. Something's wrong. I know they're good. <laughs> the clever joke. Yeah, they had like the, the TikTok style commentator as the news anchor. Yeah, the news reporter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
she was like, ah, everything was, every, we were all right. They were bad. <laughs> These bad characters are bad, like we thought. So I thought, I was like, oh, that, that's cute. And of course, then like the good guy, the bad guy, I guess. Everyone's bad. Everyone's good. It's just it's gray area. I love gray areas. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, an interesting choice, like have part of LA destroyed in the, yeah, by a meteorite, you know, half a Koreatown. And gerbils. <laughs> or guinea pigs, not gerbils. The, the guinea pig gerbil things. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> I, I mean, um, but yeah, just it it does a great job just taking advantage of the animation medium more so than um, most things. I, I feel like the, of this scale. Um, I And I don't, I'm, I love animation, but I, I tend to prefer things that are a little bit more you know logical they, they have more internal lot you know not, stuff that's yeah. not quite as disposable um whether it be you know just your basic um family guy ripoff tv series <laughs> on, on a streaming service yeah. you're uh i don't <laughs> gosh i the what was it the prince there was like uh the young prince like are you talking like the little prince no no there was like a family guy oh no no no. oh you know you're talking about yes i know what you're talking about yes it was like prince george and princess charlotte and then yeah yeah, apparently i so i didn't watch it Uh because i was like there's no i don't i don't know if i want to watch this but apparently like a lot of people at least a lot of english people were not happy with it oh Uh, yeah and my my mother-in-law is english so she was like "Mm," because they love they love the queen and the royal family and they were like "Mm, no no (laughs) and it's a lot of just kind of cheaper animation you know apparently like big mouth is pretty decent like writing i've watched big mouth okay yeah it's Um, funny but it is a bit vulgar i would say at times well that's that yeah it is definitely an adult cartoon. Do not let your kids watch it. It is an adult cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Don't let your kids watch it. <laughs> kind of, you know, The Simpsons opened the door to more adult-oriented space mm-hmm. for serialized animation. And then, you know, you began like a series of like one-up, you know, series trying to one-up each other in terms of their adult content. Well, yeah, it was like Simpsons and then South Park, which South Park yeah. obviously was for definitely yeah. for adults. Yeah. Because The Simpsons, you could kind of watch with everyone. Yeah. And then like South Park, definitely adult family guy. I watched as a teenager. I grew up with family guy. So, and then you have like American dad and like, you know, it just snowballed from there. You get Rick and Morty and all of those things. So the main conceit for a lot of these uh, modern adult animated series is like, you know, what is the most shocking thing we could possibly conceive of to put in this show? Yeah. Like how, how, how shocking can we be? Well, that's yeah. kind of like what big mouth talks about. They like, because big mouth, I guess is, Based on what I know, obviously I've, I've watched it. So all of like the the people who created it, they were like, oh yeah, it's basically like the things I went through as a teenager, mm. just on what like 150, like <laughs> not a normal experience. 150, yeah. everything I experienced, <laughs> um, and like they talk about a lot of body things, lots of things going on because yeah. they're all teenagers. Like, they're like preteens and teenagers. And well, so yeah, it's part of that too is just crazy. how yeah the media as much as you know you can get away with so much nowadays it, there's still like perhaps a bit of a gulf between you know what goes through a typical teenager's mind and what is shown on mainstream television or streaming you know without it just 
veering into straight up, you know, can I say the word on, on, on a podcast, not get flagged, but pornography, you know? <laughs> so. Oh, well, and I'll yeah. tell you, there are some, I don't know if you've watched Big Mouth, but there are yeah. some parts. And I mean, it does kind of cut, like looking back as a teenager, honestly, there are some things in Big Mouth because I'm sure teenagers watched mm-hmm. it. It's on Netflix. Like there are some things that they're actually like, not it's not educational yeah. i would say but it's something that like you had no idea about at that age and it would have been yeah. nice to see something like actually explain it properly and not just like yeah. stuff that you and your friend googled online or did a, we even have a, google like ash jeeved yeah. online back then <laughs> it, it may so be vulgar like, it, it, it yeah it's vulgar but like you can actually learn some stuff from it like as a teenager who doesn't want to talk to their parents about it? There's a context, you know, there's intention behind. Yeah. Yeah. Counts. Like it, it makes sense. Like why they talk about it. They just sometimes it, it can be pretty vulgar. My husband didn't like it. He was like, I'm not watching that. So <laughs> I was like, but it's funny. He's like, I'm no. <laughs> no. Yeah. So things can still definitely <laughs> strain the boundaries of good taste. Um, yeah. He's like, no, I, I, that's not my <laughs> sense of humor. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. I'll watch it by myself. <laughs> no, the, the last little thing of sort of relates to this that I found kind of amusing is um, they got a professional voiceover cast to do um, dubbing for the teaser trailer for the bad guys in German. Um, oh, really? But, yeah. So I guess sometimes for trailers, they don't have the final cast for the film doing the, the trailer dubs. Um, and um, the, you know, the first trailer that they showed, it was it was very polished and professional. But then the second one, they had like they hired like U- German YouTubers and TikTokers and, and amateur, you know, just it was it was much more amateurish sounding. Um, and, you know, people complained. They wrote into DreamWorks and people were referring it referring to it as the porn dub. <laughs> so, this, no, I didn't see that. <laughs> this was like, one I, of the... I did not know this was like a thing. Yeah, one of the IMDb. No, I'm... <laughs> trivia Gosh, I feel like I have to look that up. No, I have not seen that. Let me see. Like, I, I, I think it's really funny that they did that. They were like, no, 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 this is not what we want. <laughs> but yeah, a petition was started to convince the studio to use the professional actors from the first trailer. Uh, so I think the. I wonder why they didn't. Where they're just like, oh, we need another one. Let's get, let's push it out there. <laughs> Yeah, not sure how those dubs always work. Um, you know, it's we're fortunate being English speakers, you know, not necessarily having to like, and honestly, you know, most of us won't even watch dubbed content. I feel well, I, I'm okay with it for like animation and anime. Yeah, uh, for, I watch a lot of dub stuff for anime, yeah. but that's because I like I already have the subtitles on because for some reason. I have to be completely overstimulated when I watch anything. <laughs> I, so I'm I, like, I have yeah. to hear it in English and also see it in English. <laughs> Helps with retention. But, yeah. It does. Well, and especially I got a lot of stuff going on in my house a lot mm-hmm. of the time. So I'm like, what did it say? I didn't hear it. So I have subtitles on for everything. I am I am that kind of person. And so I love dubbed versions because I'm usually like, you know, working and also doing other things. So I'm like, I can listen to it. I don't have to watch it. So there are times that I like will listen to, I've tried to, I've tried to do like just the subtitles without the dubbing and it, it's so hard. Mm. <laughs> like I have to, it has to, you have to have full concentration or you're going to miss something. And sometimes, oh. well, I will even say with anime, sometimes the subtitles when it's in Japanese and the subtitles are in English, it does not relay the same 
like mm. feeling or emotion or just does it make sense mm. so it's like I love hearing the dub version because then I know what they're talking about I'm like oh okay this makes sense when they put it in English because they're going to relay it in a way that makes sense to English speakers I'm like sometimes yeah. things in Japanese that do not come over the same way that they would in English it's like oh that makes sense if you are a natural Japanese speaker mm. because they know all the nuances and so yeah no I'm definitely mm. like I, I'm a dubbed person all the way all all the way so my sister nice. my sister is not she's one of those that's like i only i only watch it with subtitles i don't listen to dub <laughs> and i'm like yeah okay have fun working <laughs> have fun working to watch your movie <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know i i if if i i guess a dub is lousy then i might switch over to subtitles but yeah it's i i do sometimes like sort of some of the stilted formality of some of the <laughs> subtitle yeah. translations it's it's kind I'm of watching funny. like godzilla or something yeah. in just subtitles is probably hilarious okay i'm sure that there's some like throwback subtitling that's done from like the old godzillas that would probably be really funny it's like doesn't make any sense when it comes over <laughs> that's rough yeah well i would say that is our conversation on the bad guys from DreamWorks Animation and Universal Pictures directed by Pierre Parafel, uh, based on the books by Aaron Blaby, screenplay by Eaton Cohen, and additional screenplay material by Yoni Brenner. Uh, anything else you wanted to say about bad guys before we sign off uh, Bridget? nothing crazy i just i would definitely recommend it as a kid movie it is definitely one of those movies that i could watch well i have watched more than once so yeah. it's one. it's one you can enjoy as an adult yeah if you like uh oceans 11 you like spy movies um you don't mind you know some wacky animation hijinks and there's even some Tarantino vibes, you know, like the sort of pseudo L.A. setting. I I think this is supposed to be specifically lost. Well, they do show the overhead uh, like satellite imagery and, and it is, um, you know, the re you know, it is Los Angeles based on that. But yeah. um, just a very stylized version. Um, but yeah, like uh, very, very well acted um voice performances as well uh, cool to see sam rockwell get a turn as as this hero you know this anti-hero or uh you know whatever you want to call it the classic the character <laughs> <laughs> this, uh... i mean it is like very like oceans 11-y because yeah. they're like bad guys kind of but it's, good guys so they, they do what they do good when they need to sam rockwell was uh the lead character in George Clooney's directorial debut. I, I did read. So a bit of a connection between those two actors. Um, yeah. So the eternal struggle between man and wolf um, so, <laughs> and Fox. Uh, so yeah. Thanks so much, Bridget, for joining me on the Thoughtcast. Uh, it's fun chatting about some some fresh new animation from the year 2022 uh, you can find the bad guy streaming on peacock uh at least um if you have the subscription you don't have to pay anything for the rental yeah if you don't have it then uh you can also rent it on amazon 
That's what yeah. I did before it was on Peacock. So <laughs> my, my daughter had to see it immediately. So we rented it on Amazon. All right. Well, Bridget, do you have any social media you'd like to share with the audience? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I guess last time I did my cosplay one, I'll just do my regular one this time because that just makes more sense. Sure, uh, it's sure. Bridget, spelled bridge with a T, 5246. And that's me on Instagram. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, presumptive of me to refer to you, the listener, as an audience, <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully. Um, no, the thank you, the listener, for joining us here on the Thoughtcast. You can find us at thoughtcast.com. We host the show on SoundCloud and find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher Radio, um, iHeart Radio, Amazon Spotify, Music. Everywhere. Yeah, did I say Spotify? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. There's there's one prominent one that I'm missing. What what was it? Um, but you know, oh Google Podcasts. Mm, that's a thing for Anywhere all the, you can find podcasts. Really, the Android like. users. Yeah, <laughs> but I I know um, there's there's a few I have yet to submit to. Um, I know uh, a bit of a running bit me struggling over the sign off each week trying to remember uh you know the various well, we need to write down a list <laughs> just to be like go down the list I, don't, I, don't, I used to take notes i'll probably you know for a future show you know, write down notes for any kind of specific uh points i want to hit but i used to do that and i feel i it just sort of slowed down the pacing of the show or i don't know i i do better i i don't i uh, I'm a weirdo and I struggle with, um, writing things down on physical paper, uh, because I, I just like to work everything out in my head, like a uh, masochist. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, I, my, I feel the same way. I just, I lose it. It'll be gone. I'll write it down and it'll be gone forever. So uh, that, I feel that, you there. <laughs> that's a valid strategy though. Like if you write something down, it further reinforces it within your memory and even if you just write something down and throw it away, it, you'll more likely to retain it than if you'd never written it down at all. So uh, pro tip. No, uh, <laughs> at Thoughtcast on Twitter and Instagram. You find me at Philip Elke on Twitter and Instagram. Um, all right. Well, hopefully this won't be too much of a slog to listen through my ramblings <laughs> um sometimes hey, we were having some deep conversations okay <laughs> no I, I it was very good uh but you, you know how those the the after what, what would you call it the after show scaries can set in yeah. like oh uh, what did i say what uh but no you've been wonderful thanks for joining the thoughtcast uh bridget just a complete pro and champ so uh, hope to have you back on the show again. Thanks for um, interrupting your life to come and be a, a stellar commentator on all things animation, film, and art. And um, yeah, thanks for having me. I love to I love to chit chat about things like this, and it's always nice to find others that want to chit chat about it. So. <laughs> oh yeah, it's uh, gosh. I mean, that's the story of my life. <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> We'll uh, hopefully see you again on the Thoughtcast and lots more to talk about in the near future. So uh, as I'd like to say, uh, you all, Bridget and the listener, uh, have a magical day. Have a wonderful week. Uh, warm hugs.